Hello and welcome to Level Up with Shay. I am a comedian, entrepreneur, and lover of personal growth here to share stories on my level up journey, bring other fascinating and inspirational artists and creatives to share their story, and to help you realize your potential, take action, and fulfill your biggest dreams. I am so excited for you to hear today's guest, Moni Oyedipo. Moni is an actress, writer, and comedian based in Los Angeles, California. She is a first-generation Nigerian-American from Alabama with a passion for telling compelling Black stories. After wandering around just taking classes in college to get her political science and journalism degree at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, Moni stepped out into the corporate world. She found herself miserable at her job in D.C. and made her way to Los Angeles, not knowing exactly what she was getting herself into, but eventually dove into the comedy scene and in comedy writing. In 2018, she created Platonic, a seven-episode web series about two best friends with obvious sexual tension. In creating this story, she partnered with 20-plus Black-owned businesses, creatives, and artists helping elevate her community. Moni started comedy in improv and sketch writing at the Upright Citizens Brigade. Her comedy has been featured on Freeform, Hoo Ha Ha, College Humor, Funny or Die, and Voyage LA. She is a 2021 Women Right Now Fellow through LOL Studios, which is Kevin Hart's studio, and the Sundance Institute. With this fellowship, she was selected from hundreds of applicants for her comedy short, Take the Job, which is now available on Peacock. In this episode, Moni talks about why we should do things we're interested in, why we need to be selfish with our joy, how to have more fun on our creative journey, and so much more. I met Moni at UCB in LA and I remember her being so funny, so talented, and so determined. She's hilarious, and she's got a contagious laugh to match. I love it. Please welcome to Level Up with Shay, Moni Oyedipo. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Level Up with Shay. I'm so excited for today's guest, a writer and actor. You know, it's been a while since I've talked to you, so this is a great time to catch up. Moni Oyedipo. Hi. Hello. This is fun. Yeah, I love it. You got your mic. You are ready to go. <laughs> we got situated. I love it. No, I, I really love this mic. I hope I sound clear and yes, uh, wise with the microphone. Yeah. Oh, I, think, yeah. I think it makes me sound mature. <laughs> I think so, too. Got that bass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, I'm so excited because I've just seen you, you know, you're not on social media that much as we like just mentioned, but every time you're on social media, it's like, Hey, I won this thing. I, I, I should say I earned this thing, you know, <laughs> that you earned this thing or you got this fellowship or, uh, you know, you, you wrote this short that got put on Peacock. Like, that's what I see. And so it, it has just inspired me because I know how much work goes on behind the scenes uh, of someone to writers, like writers really, really inspire me because that's you alone in your room, in your apartment, doing stuff by yourself. It's a very, very lonely road. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's, so it's very cool and I'm excited to get into it. And how this podcast works, like I usually start in your childhood. So you are, and people get scared for that, like childhood. Oh my God. Um, but just a little bit, I just kind of want to know 
how your childhood has influenced who you are now and, and your work ethic and just who you are as a person. And I know you're first generation Nigerian American, right? And you're from yeah. Alabama. Yeah. So how has you did your that? homework? Oh yeah, girl. Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> I got some good ones in here. Okay. <laughs> but I, I really want to know, like, how has that impacted your life? I don't know your your family dynamic. Like, are you close with your family? Like, what lessons has your family taught you coming from another country? Yeah. Um, yeah. Very. I'm like, oh God, can I answer this question? Uh, it's like, what was Moni like as a child? I'll answer that one first. Um, as soon as you said that, I was like, what was I like as a kid? And I just remember distinctly like begging my mom if we could move to Boston. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the PBS show Zoom, but it was like where kids, it was like basically like a variety show on PBS. It was like maybe like PBS is like cheaper, but cute version of like the Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> And so like, anyway, I just, I really wanted to move to Boston because like, that's where they filmed Zoom. And I was like, oh my God, mom, I've got to be a Zoom kid. And she was like, what? <laughs> I just was like, no, go away. And then like, I remember like randomly, I don't remember like, remember, like Disney Channel, like the, the Disney Channel stars would like trace Mickey Mouse's head and be like, you're watching Disney Channel. And I would like love getting like a hairbrush or curling iron and like really thought that my Mickey Mouse trace was much better than like, you know, Hannah Montana's and Raven Simone's. I was like, oh, I'm going to be the next Disney Channel star. And like, literally that was it. But I always just, I think I just, I like having fun. And that's something I really, really try to, I think, do more of now. And I think especially after just a lot of self-reflection and in the recent years, in the pandemic, I was like, you know, all these existential crisis questions of what am I doing? Do I still want to be a creative? And then just realizing, you know, even in the the valleys of life, I still have fun in the pursuit of it all. So like, that's what kind of keeps me going. Uh, my family's been amazing. I have two older sisters that um, I grew up with. And, you know, I always tell people I basically grew up with three moms because there's like a big age gap between us or whatever. And so, you know, everyone was, everyone, including me, was confused when I pivoted from corporate America to wanting to pursue comedy writing. And, you know, uh, everyone was like in their own way on board, even though like, even when I was a kid, I used to say I wanted to be a senator. Like I really wanted power. I was like, I'm going to go to law school and be a senator. And so then for me to like go to college and then randomly decide, I don't want to go to law school anymore. And I don't think I'm going to be a lawyer, like confused everyone, especially my mom. But, you know, over the past few years, she's definitely gotten on board and has even, you know, hinted strongly that I write a part for her very soon yeah. she can yeah. be an actor but I'm just so blessed that I have a supportive family that you know doesn't get it but supports it you know because I don't even get it at <laughs> the time I hope I answered your question yeah I I mean that sounds great that they were supportive and and just close-knit uh, I think that's important but I do want to talk about you going to college Mm-hmm. A political science and business journalism. That's what you wanted at first was the senator role and politics and law school. So what made you pivot? Yeah, uh, it's funny. I accidentally got my poli sci degree. <laughs> like, I didn't realize that I was taking all the classes to get that major. So then I think end of senior year, sophomore year was approaching and they were like, hey, Mona, you've got to declare a major. And I was like, I don't, I don't know why I'm here, guys. I'm just taking classes. And then the counselor was like, well, you're you're like a few credits shy of getting a poli sci major. You might as well do that. And I was like, okay. And then on the flip side, a lot of my friends were getting A's in the School of Journalism. 
And I was like, ooh, I need some A's. And so I just kind of started taking journalism classes. And I was like, I'm almost done with this major. I guess I might as well like major in journalism <laughs> and get A's to like fix to court. I was a very bad college student freshman year. So I was like the last three years, I was definitely fixing my GPA from my first year. Um, and so I got A's. And then just honestly being in the school of journalism made me lean into writing more. Like I remember like, you know, in like high school, middle school, like turning in papers and they would, you know, ding it because I would probably go into my own world about the scarlet letter but they're like you've got such clear great voice like lean into it but also fix these run-on sentences you know what I mean and so like I went got the went to school of journalism and for A's but didn't realize that I was like you know honing in the voice that I wasn't really acknowledging from like years of yore and so it's funny that that is like what I lean on more now because that was not my intent in college like I knew I wanted to go to law school and then very quickly knew I did not want to go to law school. But then even after college, I was like, okay, what do I do now? I don't really like my corporate job. Uh, I guess I'll take the LSAT now and go to law school with my friends, but then just would never sit down and study for the LSAT, like would avoid it like the plague and find every other excuse under the sun to not take the LSAT. And then finally I was like, Moni, you don't want to be a lawyer and it's okay. And then I was like, oh, I'll go to law school and learn how to think. I was like, I love the way lawyers think. They're so crafty and wily and da da da. My friends were like, Moni, you're not going to go on a six figure debt to learn how to think. That's stupid. <laughs> so, so I'm grateful for friends who like checked me and were like, if you don't want to do this, don't do it. Um, and I thought I had to because everyone else was doing it. And, you know, all of my friends are very corporate and, you know, being a creative person honestly didn't seem realistic. I think just from a first generation standpoint, like having a creative job, career path, seems cute in theory, but just which never seemed practical. So I didn't really even entertain it. So even when I was quitting my corporate job, not really knowing what to do and knew I was moving to LA, I still didn't have a plan when I came to LA. I honestly thought I was going to go into advertising. Um, I thought that was going to be my pivot in LA. And so it's just very funny to see how my life has worked out um, since then. Uh, I forgot the question again, but sorry. <laughs> No, that's great. But I, I do want to ask, you know, you said that your, your counselor is like, you have to declare a major. And you said, oh, I'm just taking classes. So at that point, were you not like super focused on law school, law classes, like people have a plan, like people who go to law school, I, not all of them, but some of them are like, I know I'm going to law school, I'm taking these classes to get into law school. So did you have that plan at the beginning of college? Or did you just kind of go into college because everybody else was doing it. It's funny you ask me that because like in hindsight, I'm like, did you have like, like I, yeah, I guess in hindsight, I didn't. I think I, I mean, I knew I had to go to school because that's just what you do, right? So I, I had to go to college. And then when I got there, you know, I was like, oh, I want to be a senator. I guess the best way to do that is to be a lawyer. And so I think that's why I was like naturally taking poli sci classes, even though I wasn't like really intentional about it. I just was happened to be doing it. And so then, but I even realized I was bored. Like I realized I wasn't happy. I was like, okay, I don't know what else to do, but I don't really want to do this, but I just kind of was doing it anyway. So it wasn't until I finished the major, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know about this. And so I was like, okay, well, what do I do now? And like, you know, I was like, okay, well, let me just go get A's to fix my transcript. And then, uh, you know, sometimes I wish I could redo college because, you know, I wish I would, I would tell every student, your major doesn't really matter. I mean, for the most part, depending on what you want, like, depending on what you want to do, like if you want to be a doctor, even if you want to be a doctor, I've been told that like, you don't necessarily need to be a bio or chem major. Like you just take the classes you need, but you don't need to major in that. Like you should be 
taking classes that interest you. So like in hindsight, I really wish I took like religious studies, you know, or more women's studies or like more African-American studies and just like learning about things that interested me versus taking classes of what I thought I was supposed to be doing. And so I thought I was supposed to, I guess I was like, you know, I guess I should take poli sci classes because I think I want to be a lawyer and then hating it. And then because I hated it so much was taking a different major just to course correct and get more A's on my transcript. And so I was never doing anything that interested me. And so then when it was like, okay, I reached the end of the conveyor belt in terms of college. And now I have this fancy corporate job. And I was like, I guess this is the rest of my life. And then being very miserable. I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. And so I honestly thought I was being, doing, you know, a copping out by quitting my job and moving to LA and just being like, I'll figure it out. Whereas everyone else was like, Moni, that's so brave. And I was like, in what world is quitting my job brave? But, (laughs) but yeah, no plan. Yeah. That, that hits so hard because I went into college playing basketball And like, Mm. that was my thing is playing basketball, but I wasn't going to go pro or, you know, I was just having a good time playing basketball, but the whole thing of, okay, I want to be a Senator. This is the plan. I guess I have to take law classes to be that. And we do that. We try to map out this plan of this thing that we want, Mm -hmm. but we don't focus on what we're interested in right now. Yeah. Because if you were like, Oh, what am I interested in right now? Is it, writing then you take a writing class you're like oh my gosh I'm in love with this and you can and then the senator thing changes you know and that's okay but I think it's so interesting because we do put these things into a plan yeah but don't focus on what we're interested in right now and I really think that that is the path to like living a fun life is doing (laughs) what you're interested in right but that's but it's, it's funny because I think like unfortunately leading with fun I think is looked down upon like I mean even as a person myself I'm like that sounds silly like you know I literally just said I want I want that in my life and I'm like oh that sounds so <laughs> frivolous right because I think yeah. the mindset is you have to hustle we have to grind we have to be amazing and then when you add on social media and you see that other people are you know hustling and grinding and winning and, and I'm like oh fuck uh, I'm not like I'm not hustling or grinding and I'm not happy. And so it's just like, you, you, you yeah. gotta pick one. And I would hate to hustle and grind and not be happy and have fun. And, you know, I, th- I think it honestly takes discipline to like force yourself to have fun. And that's like, that's something I'm like actively trying to learn. Like for instance, I actually just signed up for violin classes what? a few months ago. Yeah. That's Cause like, awesome. I always wanted to play the violin when I was a kid signed up for class. I think I did it for a couple months. And then like the teacher yelled at me because I think I almost broke it, whatever. And so then I was like, oh my God, she's so mean. I hate the violin forever. <laughs> again. But I've always wanted to play. And then like, I think like I was super bored in the pandemic and I was like, let's just sign up for music class. And so I'm not going to lie. It's definitely collecting dust the past couple weeks, but I, I really want to like pick that up because it, it just seems fun to me. And I, I did learn how to play I think about Jingle Bells uh, so I can bust it out for you at some point and play. No, no, not right now, not right now, not right now. But like, <laughs> I, I just the thought of like learning an instrument is fun for me and yeah. knows where that'll lead. But yeah, 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 having fun is key. Yeah, you could write a story about a violinist or something, <laughs> you know, now you have the experience. I, I want to ask about platonic. So it's been, it's been a few minutes, a few <laughs> years since you came out with platonic. 
But, you know, since you are a few years removed, I wanted to ask, what was one thing that you remember from that project where you learned a lesson that you were like, you know, after doing that project, this is something that I want to get better at. This certain thing, whether it's communication with somebody on the set or with your writing or whatever, was there a big lesson that you learned from that? And it was a, a web series, right? Set, how, yeah. Seven? Seven episode web series came out in 2018, I think. Um, I learned all my lessons from platonic. Like (laughs) I'm still learning lessons from platonic years out. The best thing about platonic though, honestly, was that that is the project that made me believe in myself that I could do this. And so for me, when I, again, when I moved to LA, I didn't really have a plan. I didn't say I want to be a comedy writer, performer. It was just like, I hate my job in DC. Let's move to LA um, and be with my sister and figure it out. And so then, you know, I just got lucky and so blessed that in my first six months, I got to be on the set of Blackish and watching them film. And I was just like, whoa, that's so cool. And, you know, I was like, I have a background in writing, like journalism. And I was like, oh, I, I, I do like TV. And, you know, I happened to be like one of my future best friends that same day. And she was also pursuing comedy writer. And I was like, that's a job. <laughs> so it just, it didn't even cross my mind that, that was like even possible. And so as I was teetering between, okay, have, find, trying to find an advertising job and then being like, let's research what comedy writing is. It was just a weird purgatory type time for like two years of like, do I want to pursue this or be realistic and have a corporate job? And finally, like I just had a, I call it come to Jesus moment. I was like, Moni, either you don't pursue this and you move on with your life or you lean fully in and you figure it out. So I was like, okay, let's just lean in for like a couple, like a year or two, like fully, like, you know, so people say, hey, Mona, you're right. You have to say yes. It took me like a, honestly, it took me probably five years to call myself a writer, period. Like just years, like even, even after platonic, I still wouldn't call myself a writer or an actor or I would not because I was like, no, I didn't earn it. I was like, that's, I gave that to myself. Nobody thinks I'm a writer. I did it. And so I was just, I had a, a crippling imposter syndrome for many, many years, even up platonic. But anyway, platonic is like when I, I leaned in, I was like, okay, we're going to make something. No, first I was like, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing <laughs> as a creative. Like you're, you're at this comedy school. Everyone, you know, knew when they came to LA, they were going to be the next comedy star and be on SNL. And you don't have any of those pursuits or thoughts about yourself. So should you go back to school? Like, should you get your master's? And I was like, ooh, self. We got lucky getting one degree. Like, we got so blessed getting our undergrad. We really want to test the waters and go to grad school. And finally, I was just like, you know, so many people were like, you don't really need an MBA, like, uh, what is it? Not MBA, uh, MFA. I was, like, I was like, what is it? You don't really need an MFA, Moni, just like, do the things. And so then finally I was like, okay, well, I guess, you know, making my funding my own project would be cheaper than going to grad school. And so I kind of like used platonic as like a, a crash course to play catch up for like with compared to all of my peers. Cause like, I just didn't know anything. So like I learned on the side of my, like on my project, like what a shot list was, you know, like I learned like, oh, like, like what a two shot is. And like, and you cross shooting like, and oh, like you can do certain scenes. Like you don't have to shoot in order. You can shoot out of order and like just things that I think other people have known or would know I was learning on set and it was like really fun and really cool. But it also just forced me to be intentional. Like, hey, Moni, you want to write, but no one's giving you opportunities. So like, let's just write your own project. Hey, Moni, you want to be involved in this role, but you don't really know what you're doing. So just use your corporate background of, quasi-organization 
figuring out ways to raise money and you're just going to make something. And so I was surprised by how good it was. And I think honestly, all of us were, because like I was the, I don't know, like honestly naive captain of the ship, to be honest. Like I didn't really know what I was captaining. I honestly was just giving people freedom to do what they want and show showcasing their talents on this project too. And so it just helped me realize like, hey, Moni, you're capable. You know, many highs and lows post that project too, but that was the one that really helped me to put two feet into the creative pool and I literally learn how to swim on the project. Mm, wow. I love that. You don't think you're going to be capable until you actually do it. Yeah. Like there's not a time when you're like, okay, today I feel capable and I'm, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I feel capable to take the next step. Yeah. That That's really what you need is the next step. That's so cool. That's, it's interesting how you're like, I would spend money on this thing or, you know, find out how to raise money mm-hmm. or go to school and be in debt for $50,000 or however much it was, you know, yeah. it's, it's interesting that we're like, that it's looked down. It's like, oh, you're going to college, $50,000 in debt. Congratulations. But it's like, oh, you're making your own project and you're asking for money and you're using it. I don't know if that sounds, you probably shouldn't be doing that. Oh, I know. And I honestly, like I was around that time, America was on fire because, you know, when is it not? Um, But like just doing a GoFundMe or Kickstarter didn't sit right with me because I felt like there were like other pressing things that, you know, people were asking for money for. And so (laughs) I just like literally personally emailed every single person in my Gmail like in that time. So whether it was like past coworkers, college classmates, truly anybody, I was like, hey, could you just please donate money to this PayPal account? <laughs> of course, I'm Nigerian. So people were like, Moni, what kind of Nigerian scam are you running? Because like, you know, <laughs> it was still very early in my pursuits where people were like, what are you even talking about? Since when did you want to be a filmmaker? And so like truly like the money that people donated to my PayPal account was the budget for my project. And I just figured it out from there. So it was honestly like a fun puzzle of let's figure it out that honestly, I wish today I still had that curiosity, you know, because before I was like, I didn't know what I was doing. So I was like, it's just going to be fun. We'll figure it out. But now, because like I've been doing it for a few years, there is a bit of a paralysis of like, no, this has to be good. You know, before I was like, I didn't have expectations for myself and I don't think people had any for me either. So it was more freeing. But I think now even now I'm like trying to figure out an idea. I was like, I really want to write a short film, make a short film this year. And I was like, what is it going to be? And it's not fun and light anymore. It's like, this could be, this this could define me or destroy me. And I just want to lose that pressure and just have more fun. So that I, I really love that season of life and want to get back to that because that's where the fun is. Yeah. I love that. So I want to talk about you said in one of your interviews it's for the women right now fellowship you said you know you were just working your job at whole foods like a week and a half before something like that passing out cream cheese or something right Mm -hmm. and you're like I still have to write I still have to keep working and having fun you mentioned and it's interesting because you know you got this accolade this fellowship that hundreds of other people wanted but yet when you're still in there and you're still in the room you're still writing like that's all you're doing like it's still the actual work so kind of what what you were saying about your next project like how do you stay inspired to continue with the work you're done with that fellowship. 
How do you stay inspired to make the next one? And how do you get excited about the next projects? Like, do you visualize them? Do you think of like, oh, this is how I want it to look pictured in your head? How do you get really excited and inspired about that? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Because I'm like, I want the answer to that too. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, ooh, how does somebody get inspired? Right, because I need to figure it out. Um, what do I answer this? Okay, before the fellow, before I got the fellowship, I was in a very dark place, you know, just like mentally, like questioning everything, yada, yada, yada. And so then I think, honestly, just before that fellowship, I realized I was grappling like with my own just demons and stuff and just being like, hey, dude, you got to forgive yourself of, you know, some of this stuff. Otherwise, you're just never going to move forward. And I distinctly remember, you know, like with, with any highs and lows in this town, you know, relationships form and they fall apart and it's easy to want to blame other people for stuff and so then one day I was like Moni like what if you're at fault and then I like was journal I'm doing the art I I have never finished the artist way but I love it with all my heart and people should do it it's like a 12-week program of like basically forcing you to have fun and self-reflect and one day I was like during my morning pages and I was like cool self what if I was the one who was at fault with this what would it look like why would I be at fault and I was just journaling and truly I was like huh it was freeing to be like, yeah, dude, you take ownership for some of this. And it was like then doing the work of like forgiving myself. And so then like it was the weirdest like synchronicity that they'll just also talk about in the artist way where I forgave myself and I truly within like two weeks, I got the fellowship. Oh, man. And it was surreal. It was truly surreal. And I did feel lighter because I didn't even like, sur- and it was just like a bunch of like surrendering, like, you know what, God, universe, like, I don't know if this fellowship's for me, but I I hope it is. And if it's not, I'm trusting that something else amazing will come. And like really believing that and not just saying that. And so, you know, when I've done like a lot of like mental shifts of just being like, you know, not looking at things as like a destination, but like, you know, like knowing this fellowship was just going to be a fun scenic, you know, stop on the journey of life and, you know, not wishing my life away like that's what I, that's what I kind of call it like whenever it's just like oh I just want to get there you know essentially getting there means ignoring here and so in my eyes it's just like you know waiting to get there means like you're not savoring and appreciating right now and like I'm really believing and understanding now that once you get there if you're not fulfilled in who you are what you're doing it's just going to feel hollow you know because it's it's not going to be as fulfilling as you expect it to be and you know and that's for anything in life like career relationships money like it's never going to it's not going to fill what you think it's going to fill. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. So anyway, this fellowship happened, very grateful. But, you know, I, even in my brain, as it was coming and happening, I was like, this does feel very Cinderella-y and the experience was surreal to have like, you know, Kevin Hart's company, see my work, love it, want to produce my short film, then premiere it at Sundance is surreal. Like it's, I told them on day one, I was like, y'all, this program's fake. Uh, it doesn't feel <laughs> real. And it didn't feel real. But, you know, even in the moment, I was like, Moni, like this isn't going to be, some life-changing thing, know that, but also appreciate this stop on your journey. So I could be focused, but also know that I'm not going to, so it was helpful to not have these grand expectations of, oh my God, I'm Cinderella. And I'm like, I'm going to like be in the ball forever now. It's like, no, I was Cinderella for a moment, a season. I did have a beautiful ball and it was great. And now it's just like, you know, back to my own quiet life in the cottage (laughs) until the next ball. (laughs) And so it's just like, yeah, it's like, you know, cool. Like what else can I be writing? And so it's been rough to be like, okay, I made something cool with them, but what's another idea that I could potentially figure out and get funding. And so again, it's like really just trying to sit and be like, 
what sounds fun to you right now? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought about an idea I had like a week ago that I was like, that's stupid. And then I was like, no, but it could be fun. And so it's just like leaning into the fun and, you know, when like, what, what's something only you could do, you know? Cause like, I mean, there's 85 million rom-coms, right? But it's just like from your lens, what, like, what is that from your lens? Like, what is this journey from your lens? And just leaning into the fun of it all has been how I try to find my stories. And also just extreme emotion. Like, even if I'm freaking miserable and depressed, I'm like, okay, what is, what is this about? And I was like, oh, cool, great. Let's lean into that too. Yeah. I, Sorry, I don't know if that answered your question. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. You, and it was, it was beautiful because it just like, came back around to, you know, you talked about being okay with now mm-hmm. and not going to a destination. And I think that's sometimes what stops our inspiration is to like, oh, well, how can it get me to this place instead of what am I interested in right now? How can I have fun with this right now? And I think that thing you said about from your perspective, yes, there are so many other types of projects like yours out there, but not from your perspective. And I think people stop themselves from putting stuff out because like, well, it's so similar to this. If it's from your perspective and it's true and authentic to you, then it can be different. do it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is. Well, it reminds me of that book. I don't know if you've ever read the book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, yes. but I love that love book. It. I try to yeah. read it at the beginning of every year because mm. it, it gave me validation. I read it after I decided not to go to grad school and it gave me validation when she mentioned like, you know, you don't need to go to school to be a creative person. But also it was mainly just the the section where she talks about your expectations you have with your creativity and not burdening it to fund your life, <laughs> you know? And so I would just be like, oh my God, is this going to be good enough to make me a staff writer, you know, now? Or is this going to be good enough to like where Oprah's going to see it and like fund my life? It's just like, no, like when you have these grand expectations for your creativity, it, it strains it and it, it makes it not fun. And so like really trying to divorce, you know, my creativity and my worth from each other and like funding my life and has been great. I mean, I've definitely lost a, cu- a few years trying to put terrible expectations on my creativity, but again, it's all growth and learning, but that book's very helpful for anyone who's never read it. So that's awesome. Yes. I love that book. Yes. So you mentioned what you were thinking as you were going through the submission process with the fellowship. That was one of my questions of how did you feel when you submitted to the fellowship? And it's what you said, right? Of this could be for me. This could not be for me. I'm just kind of going to kind of let it go. Can you expand on that of like when you submitted, what did you think? Because I think we can get so tunnel visioned, like we were just talking about of like, I need this. And then, you know, manifesting or whatever, then we push it away. So was there something that you kept in mind with this particular opportunity that kind of kept you neutral, kind of allowed you to let go of the expectations? Yeah, for sure. Um, So I honestly wasn't going to apply to it. I was not going to apply. I think it was due last fall. I got, I think I did the math, but I think I I got 19 no's within the calendar year Mm -hmm. of like just submissions and writing and stuff. And I was like pissed. And I was like, I can't get another no. I'm just over it. And then I think a friend or my sister reminded me about it. And I was like, fine, I'm not doing anything else. I guess I'll apply to this. And, you know, before I tried to repurpose something I already wrote, like I, you know, tried to get a short film I already wrote before and like massaged it down to like the requirements of the short. And I was like, that's fine. And then I wrote another short of like, from the perspective of my cream cheese job at Whole Foods. Mm. And I was like, "Eh, this is fine. And then I was just like, what would it look like if I actually want, I was like, I want this fellowship. What does it look like? And, you know, I just randomly thought I had the 
truly random memory of my corporate days of me getting a job offer as an intern. And I was like, that's random self. <laughs> I was like, why don't you think of this? And then I was like, what would be fun about this memory right now? And then, you know, I just, it kept snowballing and snowballing to the first draft of take the job. And it was like really fun. And I think that was the first time in a while where I was having fun writing, you know, cause before I just had, I was like, I've got to win this fellowship. And I would like force past ideas into what the requirements were for the current one. And honestly, this woman right now, Fellowship was the first one in a while where I intentionally wrote multiple new pieces for it. And then, you know, when I gave myself options, I was like, oh, I like this idea most and how can we make it better and heighten it? And it was fun. But, and so it was, it was more so honestly a writing exercise for me of just being like, how do we have fun writing again, given the parameters of what they're asking of you versus ham fisting something you've already written before to make it what they want. And so that was, it was a great exercise of just like letting go, but also having fun. And then also just kind of marveling at how far I've come as a writer. Cause like, even I was like, oh, this is good. (laughs) So so then like, and I finally like, you know, I was submitting it. I think I've submitted it like at 1155 Mm, on the night it was due, it was due at midnight. Cause you know, like my sister, even my sister, when she read it, she was like, this is great. And she was like, oh, you should say this and that. So it was just like, it was a fun, like family submission, I think at that point. But yeah, it was just truly letting go of expectations. I truly had no thought that I was going to get it. So then when I got an email that I got an interview for it, I was like, okay. (laughs) And so uh, it was weird. And then, um, you know, and I got another email, just basically being like, hey, Moni, we want to discuss some parameters of your project with you. And I was like, um, at my friend's birthday in Jamaica, I was like, okay, I didn't get it. They just rejected me. It's fine. But at least I'm in a beautiful sunset in Jamaica. It was like, I think I got it. Like as it was like raining and the, as the sun was like rising and I was like, well, the universe blessed me with this beautiful sight because I didn't get it. <laughs> so, and then like I got the Zoom meeting and I found out I got it and it was a very surreal, beautiful moment. And then literally within the hour, I had to drive to my friend's house to help him shoot a short film. And so it was like cool to just like have that experience and then immediately like go right into acting um, and of course, not telling anybody because it was still so fresh. And I didn't want to like steal focus from his short film, but it was like surreal to just have all that happening in one day. Um, and I was like, this is like, this, this is the life you, you wanted and that you've been working for and you've been manifesting for us, so, like lean into it. And yeah, so it was cool. Uh, I, I think one of the most important parts of what you said was you were like, what do I want this fellowship to look like? Right? Like that was you visualizing, that was you opening up to the fact that it's a possibility. Yeah. Like that's, I, I think that's just like super important because yeah, picturing where you want to be, the places that you want to be. I mean, you were in Jamaica. Yeah. I was at my friend's birthday in Jamaica. Sad. <laughs> it's like, I didn't get it. Okay. I mean, uh, yeah, you had Jamaica to make up for that, those feelings, I guess, but Jamaica, you had that set that you went to right after it. Like you have formed your life through right the 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 thought of possibility I appreciate you saying that because that is true even though it doesn't always feel like that you know it, it usually doesn't feel like that to be honest like I mean yeah Jamaica was very much a, a place of surrender and I was like maybe I did maybe I didn't but I was like just just not freak out but you did your best and it's out of your hands and so that's how I try to approach things now it's like it may not be perfect do your best and let it go like even with platonic I was like I don't know what I'm doing and I had a massive panic attack 
Like it was crippling. Like I think my sister and I, we were like in San Fran, very beautiful hotel, it was gorgeous. And I was like heaving. Like, I can't even appreciate what we're doing where we are because I was like, I don't want the world to know that platonic is done and they can see it. And she was like, just hit post. <laughs> She's like, mm. just, just hit post on Instagram and you'll be fine. And I was like, no. And I think I started crying at one point because I was like, it's bad. I'm bad. I'm a fraud. Everyone's going to hate it. And I hit post and I like threw my phone across the room. <laughs> I was like, I'm done. And it felt free. And I think I finally looked like three hours later and I was like, everyone was like so excited and so proud. And I was like, oh, what was I scared of? What was I, and it's, and it's, and I think that's like the, that's most of the creative journey, I think. Like realizing in hindsight, what were you scared of? And even if it is a failure, it's just like, but you did it. You know, so many people don't do. And so it's like, even if it's not amazing the first go, who cares? You did it and you're doing it. And it's the the whole 10,000 hours keep going mentality. And so it's just like, even it's only like, Moni, keep going. Like, it's okay. Like fail. It's like, even now, like I'm slowly training myself to want to try stand up. And I'm just like, Moni, just, 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 it's a fine. I'm like been watching random YouTube videos. Like, how do you write a joke? (laughs) And I'm like, it's, if, if it seems fun and exciting, just do it. Who cares? Who cares? And so, yeah, that's what I want people to do. Because that's what I'm trying to do too. Yeah. I I started stand-up about a year and a half ago. And it was very scary. And I haven't really done it, you know, regularly. But now it's possible for me to go out and have that feeling. And I thought it was so interesting. One of the things that you said, uh, you talked about your 19 no's. (laughs) And I think it's interesting that you counted them. Like, I love that. Because it just kind of fuels the fire, I, I think, a little bit. Uh, even though you said you were like, I can't get another no, but you still did it. The fact that you counted the no's also, the 19 no's, those are the no's that someone out there is afraid of getting. So they send out zero submissions. And you did it 19 times, you know? And I just think that that is just important to note here because you're going to get those no's. None, it may not be your 20th yes or your 20th. <laughs> On your 20th try, where you get a yes, but you just have to keep trying and putting your stuff out there. It's funny, my a friend recently, we, well, we just watched, um, I always say the movie wrong. Is it everything all the time and in between? What is it? Everything? Everything all at everywhere, once. Every, everything, everywhere, all at once. I think okay. that's, okay. Anyway, please know what I'm talking about. Please, it's a phenomenal movie. Okay. Truly, phenomenal movie. But anyway, he, when we were trying to like, talking about and dissecting it he mentioned something called like the stopping factor and it's some fancy thing I think he learned um in school but essentially it was just like you know you basically try a bunch of different things until you can stop and like be like okay I solved the problem or whatever and so you know it helped in that conversation but in, in this one in particular like I got 19 no's in the calendar year of 2021 and to your point it's just like okay I kept trying no one liked my stuff. And so, you know, I would ask like, Moni, are you just a bad writer? I think you might be a bad writer. You've got 19 no's. And then some days I would be like, yes, Moni, you're a bad writer. Don't do it. <laughs> and then other days I'd be like, no, you're actually pretty fucking good. You just probably weren't meant for this opportunity. And it's like, you know, and just because you got these no's, are you realistically going to stop writing? Because then that's just another, com- like we should have been have real conversations. So it's just like, no self, I'm not gonna actually, sorry, I do I do have genuine conversations with myself, as you can tell, yes. like genuine, whole lot. Yes. 
I, I think that's so important because a lot of the guests I've had on here, they talk to themselves that way. They say, okay, Shay. Okay. Th so I think that's just in and of itself an important thing to note as well is that we should talk to ourselves. Yeah. Be really connected and grounded in like what you're allowing, what you're not allowing. And like, you know, the past year I've really been um, focused on choices and then just being like, you know, even the lack of a choice is a choice. So like really sitting with that, um, fudge, I lost my train of thought. But basically, um, 19 knows, oh yeah. So basically my sister made me do an exercise because for years she's been yelling at me like, hey, you should like track down all the things you've done over the past few years. Just like all the things, highs, lows, meetings, generals, whatever, like just track them for your own posterity. And I'd be like, no, get out of my face. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I'm, I choose to be sad. I don't want to track anything, even wins. No, thank you. And she would hope she, I think harassed me for like off and on for about a year, finally gave up, finally got the fellowship last fall. And then she was like, do you want to track your, what the highs and lows now? And I was like, okay, fine, fine. Lorraine, that's my sister. If she ever listens to it, look, I'm shouting you out. There you go. And so I just sat down, I think, for two or three days and just went through my calendar of like any random deadlines I had. And then like the day that I submitted it and then the day that I found out that I did or didn't get something, the day that I randomly had a general or the day that I met somebody really nice who connected me with somebody cool at this company and just like, oh, I met this, that people. And also I mean, realize like you've met great people over the years and you've supported really great, you know, other talented creatives in LA with their stuff and they've supported you with your stuff. And it was cool to just have like this four page single space document of all the things that I've done over the past, I don't know how many years now. And then that's how I found out. I was like, sheesh, you it's like, you got 19 notes that you're a girl. I'm glad you I was like, maybe it's a good, I was like, I don't know. I was like, you, I was like, you got grit. And that's also what you need in this journey. Like I realized early on in this, when I went two feet in, I realized I only kept going because other people were encouraging me. Like at UCB improv school, like I was going to stop at one-on-one, truly. I was like, I did it. I did a class. I'm good. I have stage right. No, thank you. My teacher was like, you are amazing. You've got to keep going. And it wasn't until I was like in 301 that I finally was like, okay, I'm getting the hang of this. Or, you know, same with sketch classes. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I just want to figure it out. But people kept encouraging me. And so then at one point, I was like, Moni, self, like at one point, people are going to stop encouraging you. So does that mean you're going to stop? And I was just like, you've got to be your biggest cheerleader. Like you, like you, like you actually have to believe in what you're doing because you can't keep doing things for external validation because at some point it's not going to work out or it's just going to stop or it's not going to come as quickly as you need it and yada, yada, yada. And so I was like, you, Moni, have got to be, learn how to be a cheerleader for yourself. And I'm still learning the, the cheers, the routine, the two steps in my head of what it means to cheer myself on. But I've gotten exponentially better at it. And I think I randomly had, a, I'll stop after this one point, I got a creative life coach randomly in the pandemic for a couple months. I love her. She's great. Happy to, um, I'm blanking on her name right now, but she's beautiful. I'll send you the stuff later. Uh, but I worked with her for a few months. And she told me, she was like, you are a talented you know, writer, basically, I'm paraphrasing what she said, but she essentially was like, you're an amazing, mean person to yourself. Mm. <laughs> she's like, you are just talented at it. And I was like, I know, Allison, her name's Allison. She's great. Sorry. Mm. I was like, no, Allison, it's, I'm, I'm really good. And she was like, but what if you were an amazing, nice person to yourself? And I was like, that sounds cheesy. That's stupid. <laughs> I was like, who wants to be a cheesy, nice person to themselves? She's like, no, but she's like, what if it? And so then we really worked on honoring two truths. And that's why like the biggest takeaway I took from her was just like, okay. Sure. Be a dick to yourself. Okay. 
I said, hey, Moni, you are a very bad writer. You got 19 notes. Okay, that is true. But what's also true is like, hey, Moni, you're an amazing writer who made a web series that people love and were like, when are you going to make a season two and all this other stuff? So it's just like, you can't, you know, only have the negative on repeat without also honoring and listening to the positive you've gotten over the years. And so like really forcing my, like rewiring my foundation to be like, okay, if we're going to entertain this negative thought, we have to think of the positive one too. And we have to listen to the positive one too. And that truly has been just wildly helpful in the past year or two since I've been making myself do that. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That was great. I think that reminds me of, I don't have the quote specifically, but it says being optimistic is planning and worrying is also planning. (laughs) It's like that you have those two choices. It's like you can worry, but you're also planning for your future. You're also creating your future through that worry. And it's, of course, it's like, just stop worrying about something. Like it's not easy. You really have to go inside. But yeah, I think that just goes nicely with what you were saying of there are these two choices that you have. Speaking of choices, I want to know, you said, I believe in one of your Instagram posts that we need to be selfish with our joy. Mm. I think it was on Juneteenth you posted and you were like, you know, I like how you're selfish with your joy. And I want to know how you are selfish with your joy. What does that look like? How do you keep yourself joyful and all the other voices out, whatever that, whatever that means to you? Yeah, I think it's, I think it tells you how we started recording, you know, um, social media and I don't have like the healthiest relationship. And so it's just like, again, really having conversations with myself and being honest with myself about what is and isn't useful to me. And so it's just like, you know, while you're, I'm always told from different people, like, Social media is so important. Like you need it. You need like you have to have an audience. Yada 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 yada. And I'm like, ah, okay. But also, I have a very unhealthy relationship with it because I, I know I'm comparing myself. I know it makes me sad when I can see other people getting the things that I would hope and desire for, but you know, feeling like shit over here in my house on the couch. And so it's just like, cool. We can curtail you feeling like shit. Just don't have that app on your phone. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so, like you know, just the small things. And didn't you people being like, oh, Moni, you're just a jealous brat. And I'm like. Okay. I'm a, and I was like, and if people think that, sure, you're a jealous brat, but like you, but you can choose to not have something actively making you sad. And so like, you know, when with that, like taking something like that away, like social media for a wave, like over a year was crucial. Cause it was just like, let's focus on like what's actually bring, making you happy now that that distraction's out of the way. And so like, you know, I leaned more into yoga or I was more intentional about like following up with people and, you know, just you know, I think the older I get, the more I'm appreciating just life and just how simple, but also fleeting it is. And so like, whenever I think of someone just like sending a quick text, just like, Hey, and, you know, just realizing that, like, you know, that really does make people's day, especially when they do it, when I get it reciprocated, I'm like, Whoa, like, you know, especially, you know, a random text or somebody you haven't heard from in a while, just saying like, Hey, I thought about you. How are you? Especially like when you're not in the happiest place can just change people's whole day. And so I just try to like make, be intentional about like noticing people, reaching out to people. Like, I think, I'll never forget. I think I was like either at Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, something, I don't know. And I think the person was like bagging my groceries and he said something funny. And I was just like, thank you. I was like, I just like, thank you. And you're so beautiful. And he just stopped and looked at me. <laughs> he was like, what? And I looked at him and I was like, oh, what? And I was <laughs> And I was like, yeah, you're, you're just so beautiful. Thank you for just existing and being you. And he was just like, I don't think anyone's ever called me beautiful before. 
And I was like, oh my God. And I want to call him Ralph. I have no idea what his name was. And I was like, Ralph, like you are totally beautiful. <laughs> just like, and so I always just try to like intentionally just like be kind, I think like overly so just because the world can be sad and it is sad sometimes. It's like, we have to like forcefully be happy or like create happiness because I think like, you know, as humans, our default is depression and sadness, at least for me, about <laughs> other people. And so it's just like, you have to like, will joy and for like even today I was like you know in bed didn't want to get up and then as I showered I like made myself have a dance party as I like you know brushed my teeth and I was like it's gonna be a good day and then that changed my energy and I was like yeah like let's be more intentional about like willing and then also putting it out there too yeah well thank you for getting ready for this podcast in that way (laughs) I think it has paid off very nicely and I think just a quick point of improv like when we go into a scene, it's so easy to go negative. Mm. Like I was just having this conversation with a couple of improvisers the other night, a big nerd improv conversation. (laughs) Hey, hey. But 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 it is, it's so easy to go negative that sometimes we have to be forceful and like really intentional about putting out that kindness. I love that. And yeah, people don't have to use social media. Like I, I love putting content out and I like being on there, but there are times where I'm like, I'm comparing I need to get off this for a little bit, but also work on stuff outside of social media. Like it's okay. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Cause I think a lot of artists are like, I need to be on social media, but it's not, it's not a requirement at all. Which is like, I'll just like honor. I think like, just it's like, you know, sit with yourself and be like, what does this do for me? You know, cause I had one friend who was like a creative and she was like, oh, I hate social media in terms of like social stuff. She was like, but I treat my social media like it's business. So she's like, I get on, I post the stuff for my content or whatever, and I get off. She's like, people I care about already know what's happening in their life because we talk. So it's like, you know, sure, I can like, you know, like or whatever stuff. She's like, but I'm not just aimlessly scrolling on social media. And so that helped, you know, shape my mentality of it as I got back on social media of just like, yeah, the people I care about, I know about what's happening in their lives anyway. I don't really need to just aimlessly scroll. Now I do aimlessly scroll from time to time, but it's like, it's helped, you know, and even now because I built that habit of not being on for over a year, I can even feel when I've been on for too long. And I'm like, do you need to be on anymore? And I'm like, self, you're right. And I can, I might scroll two more times and then I'll get off. <laughs> but um, it's just like really being honest, like where you are in that moment. It's okay to have social media. It's okay to scroll. It's honestly, I honestly think it is healthy to have healthy jealousy I guess is the best way to describe it because like that can push you to like get up and go do but if you realize it's crippling and like depressing like you gotta be honest and figure out what your boundaries are yeah totally yeah thank you I love everywhere that this has taken us today (laughs) has my rambling been useful to you your rambling has and I okay quote unquote rambling has answered more questions than I've even asked. So, you know, you're just you're just doing it. You're in a flow. But I have a couple more questions. The first one, what have you been doing recently intentionally to level up? Ooh. Dance parties. <laughs> definitely dance parties. Definitely singing the Hamilton soundtrack at the top of my lungs. Uh, that definitely, I've learned that helps bring joy for me and that helps me get out of a funk quicker. If I just belt out satisfied and I start rapping in the mirror, that definitely helps. But also I think just, it's kind of like now create, I've like figured out some creative muscles, if you will. And so it's just like, okay, 
hey, Moni, it's been a while since you've like written anything. Like, you know, you don't want that muscle to atrophy. So like, you know, what's something else we can do? But also like honoring like, hey, you don't have to be a machine in writing all the time. And so it's just like, cool. I finished a, a pilot a few months ago and then I didn't write anything and I was okay with that. But now it's like, okay, you, you said, you know, you wanted to like maybe make a short film by the end of the year. It's, months have passed. So <laughs> what are we doing? And so she's like, oh yeah, like let's, let's start flexing that, you know, brainstorm muscle again to figure out what we want to do next. And then I think, you know, just being in that mind flow of like willing and processing thoughts has been great. But then also just at the same time, I think being a good person <laughs> has helped people to remember me and just, you know, then think of things like for your like podcast, like you, I'm so grateful you asked me to come on, but it's like, you remembered, I assume a great interaction we had and you felt comfortable enough to ask me. And I love that. And I'm happy to be here. And so it's just like leaning it, like, what's it past my words, past deposits and past positive interactions are now like, you know, reaping a growth or a benefit. And so it's just like, cool. And so it's just like, as I'm figuring me out, other people are remembering me and then I can remember them for other things that I might do or am doing or recommend them for in the future. So it's like a symbiotic, like I think like give and take in terms of the creative world and journey. Honestly, it's kind of like weird if if I'm a farmer, if I'm farming my creativity, it feels like, you know, I planted a lot of seeds many years ago, went through a crazy drought. And now it just honestly feels like things are harvesting. Is that, is that, is that the best way to finish this metaphor? Yeah. Are we in harvest season? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I'll sometimes start a metaphor and then have no idea where I'm going or how to finish it. But I'm like, I think this makes sense still. Uh, so yes, I, I get it. <laughs> I think I'm harvesting now and it feels great. And it feels cool to like, you know, give some of my crop to other people and then, you know, swap the things and vice versa. So I, I honestly feel like that's how I'm leveling up right now is just paying it forward into other people and people are paying it forward into me. But then also just sitting and just being like, what's something random you would enjoy right now? I think, oh, okay, that's a fun idea. I mean, sometimes it's just a fun idea and I don't anything, don't do anything with it. And other times I'm like, well, what about this? What about that? And it's it's when I do this or that, I'm like, okay, I think this could actually be something. Cause like you're looking at a random fragment of an idea and like mm-hmm. wanting to build on it. I think that's where the fun is for me, is building. Yeah, totally. With you and metaphors, that's like me and quotes. <laughs> I start off saying a quote and I'm like, I don't remember how this ends or who said it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I might cut this out if it's not right. My Angelou says, people may remember the words you speak or the things you do. I'm totally butchering this. I know, I know, I know, the, I know the quote you're thinking of. Right? But they'll never forget how they made you feel. And I remember you being on a mezzle team. I remember you being at UCB. But what I will never forget is just you always being kind and always being joyful. Like that, that's the thing that I wouldn't have anybody on this podcast who didn't make me feel that way, Mm. you know? Um, So thank you for being you. (laughs) So more people can see you. How can we find you on social media and how can we support you? Oh, you're just okay. First of all, I want to say that you are very close. The quote was, people forget, people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. You you were like 85% there. Thank you. Congrats. That's pretty, it was by Maya Angelou? Yes, Maya okay. Angelou. You had okay. it. Applause, applause, Thank applause, you. applause, applause. Thank you. But the best way to find me, uh, I have a website. <laughs> it just feels random. I made it for the fellowship. They didn't ask me to, but I just feel like, I mean, be professional. It's such a dope website, by the way. 
Thank it's you. like super clean and yeah, it's very nice. I like very simple, clean things. That's my, I mean, my, my room is not that. I would love my room <laughs> to be simple and clean, but I digress. Um, but yeah, simoniaoyedepo.com. You can just see what things I've been doing um, over the years. Social media, Instagram, momoni, less probs. So it's M-O-M-O-N-I-L-E-S-S-P-R-O-B-S. Although that may or may not change in the next few months. I've okay. been told I should change my name to my first and last so people can mm. find me. I own that domain. I own it. I have it. But it's like switching it over is such a thing because I'm not a fancy person. Anyway, so that's the best way to find me. I'm writing, submitting to more fellowships. And yeah, just seeing what life holds. But that, yeah, that's the best way to find me. Instagram, Twitter, my money, less props. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. So go follow her on there. Go check out her website and and then you'll get to see her projects coming up. The, yeah. the fellowships that she's that you're entering for right now. So, okay, last question. What advice do you have for someone who's having trouble having fun along the way? How can someone who's listening right now, an artist or creative, have more joy along the way on their journey? I think my brain left and my brain, my brain said stop. And so honestly, like for me, when I can tell I'm feeling miserable in the pursuit of creativity, I know that's a time to stop. And, you know, it's just like you, you know, if you are annoyed or upset or things, things aren't working, it's just like, I think that's a time to take a break and just stop. <laughs> like whether it's acting, improv, comedy, writing, whatever, just no, don't do it for a little bit. Maybe a few days, maybe a couple of weeks, maybe even a month. That's okay. Like no, like, I mean, unless you have like some pressing deadline, like, no one saying you have to be creative every single day or you, I don't even know how to finish. Like nothing's going to happen for the most part, I think. And so it's just like, give yourself the chance to take a break. Give yourself a chance to just go outside, feel the sun on your skin and walk and, you know, grab an ice cream cone just for shit and giggles. Like, no, stop. Like just stop. Breathe, let go of your expectations. Most likely whatever you're stressed about is not going to like, drastically change your life for the better or worse mostly usually and so it's just like take a break and I think the problem is is like you know again social media or just comparing jealousy whatever it may be we feel like oh if we take a break we're going to be left behind and that that was honestly my thing for many years even still now like a lot of my close friends are all still in corporate America and so it's just like they all have like these fancy six-figure jobs and, you know, getting married and all this stuff. And I'm just like, I'm just a random creative. <laughs> what do I do? You guys are all leaving me behind. It's just like, no. And I've had some of my friends be like, Moni, are you serious? Like, are you serious? And they're like, Moni, you, you bet on yourself. You're chasing your dreams. You're doing all this stuff. They're like, how in the world could you be jealous of us? We're jealous of you. And so it's just very funny to like realize that like you have no idea how other people are admiring you. But you have to also honor you and take a break when you realize things are getting a little too crazy or get getting too rough, you're getting too far in your head. Because it's not going to get better. Like you putting more pressure on yourself isn't going to make the writing come, isn't going to make it, I mean, it could, but like, do you want it that way? You know, so give yourself more breaks, I think is my biggest piece of advice, because that's something I've been actively trying to do now. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, thank you for sharing. I think the same with me. I want to bring more laughter and joy and peace into my life. And I think it, you know, when I was in LA, I'm, I'm in Atlanta now, but when I was in LA, I was, it was all, it was that grind life. It was that hustle. It was like, you need to be working on your creativity 
every time you're not working your actual job, mm. right? And it's just not that. If you're working on a project right now, you're like, okay, I need to spend a couple hours writing every night or something. But if it's not that, it's follow your intuition. And I, I think that's the skill that people need to learn is following their intuition rather mm. than a skill of like, productivity and and this time management type thing it's like if you follow your intuition maybe tonight you don't need to work right on this maybe tonight is the night for a break yeah yeah I love that it's just being able to pause and not stay on that grind life well it's funny because it's like I think it's two sides of the same coin it's like you've gotta stop and take a break and breathe but on the flip side you actually do need to be doing yes (laughs) so it's just like a it's a weird duality and like I think only you will know when it's time to do what on your journey but it's like you know like for me I have not pretended to write anything for the past like two months Mm -hmm. and I was okay with that I was like Moni I was like you finished a fellowship your shorts on peacock you just finished a pilot it's okay it's okay and I would just do my job, hang out with friends, go horseback riding, do whatever. And I didn't care. But now I was just like, I was, I was feeling a little itch. You know, I was like in my back of my neck, I was like, hey, it's been a little minute. You should maybe think, think of an idea that you should want to write soon. Because, you know, you have all these other plans you want to do. And so it's just like, oh, yeah, I, I guess I do need to start writing again. And so it's just like, a, it's okay to take breaks. And sometimes they're much longer than anticipated. But it's also important to do. Because the worst thing and I can hear this from other friends is like judging other people on their progress for what you think they are or not doing. You have no idea what people are doing, what, you know, at 2 a.m. in the morning or, you know, in their lunch break or in their car. And so it's just like, I've never thought, oh, no, someone doesn't deserve something because X, Y, or Z. Because you just have no idea what they're doing. And so it's just like judging people can stop you from going because she's like well they didn't do anything so I don't have to do anything either to get to get ahead and she's like no no that's 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 them not you but also like judging people can also make you go too hard and not take breaks and so she's like it's it's truly an internal gauge I think the moral of my episode podcast whatever is being more connected to yourself being more grounded in yourself not allowing other people expectations judgments you have on yourself other people to affect you and truly just staying the course of your own lane and using other people's inspiration and all that good jazz and stuff too but it's like we should stop we should go and we should you know honor like this fun random thing like let's go color let's go play the violin let's sit and write for three hours you know even when we sit (laughs) I've been avoiding uh, an idea so when we end this podcast I'm gonna go sit outside and make myself map out what does this idea look like because it does seem fun you know I thought more about it during my dance party today And I think sometimes even doing that, just like making yourself dance and you have no idea what's going to come to your brain just from like clearing it of all the worries and pressures of this crazy thing called life. Yeah. Anyway, all I'd say is take breaks, but also know you have to actually do shit too. Yeah. 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 Thank you for making that distinction. Absolutely. And thank you for taking the time to be here today to get all danced up and ready to give all your wisdom. Yes. Please, if you are listening, go and share this episode on your Instagram. Tag Moni, tag Level Up with Shay, and let us know what you liked. Yes, please. Also, please watch Take the Job on Peacock. Yes. And my web series Platonic is on YouTube. And I think that's it. Okay, that's it. That's it. Sorry. Absolutely. (laughs) And I will put those in the show notes so they can go directly to that. So definitely go check those out. Thank you again, Moni. Thank you. This was so fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thank you again, everyone, for listening to Level Up with Shea. We will see you next week. Um.
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If anything that Moni said today resonated with you, please share this episode on Instagram and tag me at Level Up with Shay and tag Moni. Go check the show notes for all of her social media links and follow her there. Also, there are links to watch her work on Platonic, which is on YouTube, and Take the Job on Peacock. Go watch them. Subscribe to Level Up with Shay wherever you get your podcasts. Again, thank you so much for being here. It's time to level up.